now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessity. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you and, and open up your word, I pray that you would help our understanding of this, uh, that the truths of your word might be applied to our lives. We know that you desire to speak, that your word uh, is alive and, and desires to, to speak to our hearts. Help us to be sensitive to that tonight. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The uh, story is told of an airline pl- pilot who was would often fly over Tennessee in the mountains of Tennessee. And uh, one time as he was flying over, he looked down and he, he pointed out a small lake to his co-pilot. And he said, do you see that, that small lake? The guy said, yeah, yeah, I can, you know, barely see it from as high as they were. And he said, when I was a kid, I grew up right down there. I would spend almost all summer out in that lake in my rowboat fishing. And as I was sitting out there, I would often see airplanes flying overhead, and I would sit there and I would think, if only I could be up in the air in those airplanes. If only I could be flying that. Boy, that would be the life. But he said, now, as I'm flying overhead, the only thing I can think is, I wish I was down there fishing. Now, have you ever had that happen in your life where, uh, especially kids, uh, this seems to happen too. I can't wait till I grow up. I can't wait till I grow up. I can't wait till I grow up. And then they grow up and they realize it might not be quite as glamorous as they first thought. You know, oh man, I can't wait till I grow up and think of all the money I have. You know, but then they realize there's also a lot of bills that have to be paid, and it's not quite as much fun as they might think. You know, uh, you probably had areas in your life where you thought man, I can't wait to be able to purchase this item. And then when you get it, it might cause joy for a short time. But then if it breaks, what happens? Or sometimes you receive it, especially if you order something online and you get it and you think it's going to be wonderful and you receive it and you're like, well, this did not live up to expectation at all. Well, tonight we want to look at being content. And that's this passage that we read. Paul is sharing with them how he has found contentment. Now, Philippians 4.13, 
is quoted often. I mean, you have probably quoted it. I've quoted it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, people will, for uh, in sporting events, will sometimes, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we often think of it, it you know, that I'm able to accomplish great things through Christ. But if you look at what Paul is saying here, he's saying, I have learned that even in uh, the best of times and the worst of times, that through Christ, who strengthens me, I have learned to be content. So first of all, we want to begin by looking at what contentment is not. First of all, it is not self-sufficiency. It is not getting to the point where you say, all I need is myself. Uh, The word content um, does not mean self-sufficient. There were, um, at this time, there were... um, the, the Stoics elevated this word um, and the ability, and they, they wanted to get as far away from need as they possibly could. They would try to detach themselves from any emotion of need. So it would often begin, they would say, you need to take something small, maybe like a household item, um, maybe a, a glass in your house, And if it breaks, you need to say, that's okay, I don't care, it didn't mean anything to me, I'm not attached to it. And then maybe you move on after that to the next step. Maybe it's a a, a pet that you have, that if something happens to it, you can say, that doesn't matter, It it doesn't affect me, I don't care. And then you just continue to grow this further and further till the point of, Hopefully you can reach the point of you lose something very, very dear to you and you are still able to say, that doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. So it was they were trying to get to this point of I don't need anything. I can get away from everything. But we know that God built us for relationships. God did not build us to push everything away. Um, maybe you've seen on on TV before of these tiny houses that people are moving into and their goal is I need to get rid of everything. And if I can just get down to the bare essentials, then I'll, I'll be happy, you know, because all of these things are taking away from my pleasure. It's kind of the opposite side of it used to be. I need all of these things to satisfy me. Well, now we found out that doesn't work. So I'm going to go to the opposite side and I'm just going to have live in this tiny little cabin um, because that will be, bring satisfaction or contentment. So contentment is not self-sufficiency. It's not all you need is yourself. Just depend on yourself. Contentment is not having everything that you want. It's not, oh, I'm fine. I finally reached the point that I have everything I could possibly want. Is there anyone in here that says, I have got to the point, no, you don't have to raise your hand, where I have everything that I could ever, ever desire, I could ever want. Or, as we heard, it's not learning to not want at all. It's not to be brought low. Uh, Paul was writing this from prison, so it wasn't like he was saying, hey, I'm sitting here in my, in, on my yacht writing this letter to you, uh, enjoying a nice, cool breeze coming by and... 
I can't, can't think of anything. I have a glass of lemonade here. I can't think of anything else that I could possibly want. No, Paul said, you know, I learned, I speak to have regard, in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. But we also see from, from what he said that being content is not something natural. It is not something that we as people are just naturally content. If you have doubts about this point, I encourage you to come over to our house sometime and uh, watch our kids for a little while, especially if cookies are brought out. What happens? One cookie is normally larger than the other cookies, right? I mean, there's unless your cookies are all the same size, perfectly sized, or one might have a few more chocolate chips. And what happens? Well, I would be content with this. But look at the one that they have. That's a lot larger than the one. Now, did we have to sit them down and teach them, now, don't be content with the smallest cookie. Always go for the biggest and best cookie. No, of course. I mean, it is natural for us to to be to not be content. And in verse 11, Paul says, I for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Think in um, back to the very, very beginning, the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were surrounded by perfection, and yet they were still not content because there was one thing that they couldn't have. And they believed the lie that if you had that, boy, you would, you've been missing out this whole time. And so even from the very beginning, it's... It's been natural for us as mankind to desire that which we do not have. So um, it is not, contentment is not natural, but yet contentment is not always the right answer either. We should never get to a place in our Christian life where we say, I am satisfied where I am in my walk with God. We should never get to a place where we say, you know, I think I'm good enough. I don't need to grow anymore. We should never be uh, able, we should never be easily satisfied in this area. So a lot of things that contentment is not. But how can we here tonight, how can we learn to be content? Well, first of all, it's starting today, beginning the learning process. We said it's not natural. So knowing it's not going to be easy. It's not going to come easy. Uh, Paul had to learn to be content. Some things you may not struggle with. Somebody else here tonight might say, man, I really struggle with this area of contentment. I really struggle with being satisfied, uh, being able to say, Lord, I am completely satisfied in this. So begin today the learning process of being content but then it really begins with starting by giving thanks to god for what you have giving thanks to god for what you have i mean tonight we we have fellowship and we already know that there is going to be food downstairs don't we we know there's normally there's plenty of food downstairs Give thanks to God for what you have. Lord, thank you for the food that you provide each day. Most of us don't think, 
am I going to have something to eat today? Is God going to send food my way so I have something to eat? Give thanks to God for what you have. Give thanks to God that you can say, you know what? We have shelter from the cold. That we don't have to be out, and it hasn't been that cold, but if we were living outside, it would feel cold. That we have shelter from the cold. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter six and verse six. It says, now godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and clothing with these, this we shall be content. Now, would most of us say, okay, what are your needs? My needs are food and clothing, and after that, I am content. Most of us would have a lot bigger list than that, that we would say, Lord, this is my my list of, of areas that I need to be content. But being satisfied in Christ takes giving thanks. Look around you. Look at what what Christ has done in your life. Hopefully you can look where you started in your walk with him and look at the growth that has happened. Say, Lord, thank you that you did not give up on me, that you continued to work so that I could see growth in my life. You know, any time that you're starting to feel down, when you're starting to get discouraged, stop and try to give thanks for something. It's amazing how making, our, making yourself give thanks And to think about, okay, what today am I thankful for? Has a way of changing your attitude. So um, on a daily basis, take, take moments to say, okay, at this time I'm going to stop and give thanks to God. And I'm going to try to not repeat the same thing every day. I'm going to try to find different things. We have so much to be thankful for. Hopefully you can give thanks to God most importantly for your salvation, that you can say, Lord, thank you for transforming this wicked heart to instead of living for myself, now I have a desire to please you and a desire to know you. So content, learning to be content starts by giving thanks. Um, many times God will use other people in your life to meet your needs. If you look in Philippians 4, in verse 10, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Paul was giving thanks for uh, the generous gift that they had sent to him. And he's saying, I know that you cared for me, but you didn't have opportunities to, to meet my need. But I want to tell you, thank you for meeting this need that I have. When God prompts you to do something for someone else, don't put it off till later. Maybe they have a need that God wants you to meet. Even as uh, Les shared about Ron Hamilton. You know, what if all those people that wrote him encouragement cards said, I'll I'll do it tomorrow, and they put it off. Who knows how that might have impacted his life. So if God prompts you to do something, do it right away. Don't put it off. So we need to give thanks 
but then we need to focus and know that in verse 19 it says, if I can get my page to turn, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that my every need will be supplied in Christ. It does not say your every want, your every desire, but if your desire is to please God and to know God, your desires will be met. So know that God has promised to meet your needs. In Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking and he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or your shelter. He says, I take care of the the birds of the air and you don't see them planting fields. You don't see them building barns. You don't see them worried about this. Are you not of more value than they? What a wonderful reminder that God will meet your need. That as I trust in him, that God will truly meet my need. God has already met our greatest need of salvation and forgiveness. So know that God will supply your needs. And then know that any complaint I make is a complaint against the goodness of God. As I was thinking on this, this was really convicting. It's like every time I complain, I am complaining against God. I don't normally think that as the thoughts are going through my mind. Oh, I can't believe this is happening and I have to. But if I truly believe that God is in control, that nothing comes from his hand or nothing comes not from his hand, that everything is coming from him. If I truly believe that, then every complaint I make is a complaint against God. So we may think it doesn't matter. We may think, yeah, I, I, know, I shouldn't have thought that. That wasn't nice. But we are complaining directly against God. So when I think of that, I think, Lord, you have been so good to me. How can I, how can I complain against your goodness? So then we also need to know the source of our strength. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. Paul didn't say, I can do all things who strengthens me. Um, My wife showed me something the other day of somebody had put that verse on something and it said, I can do all things through who strengthens me. They left out the Christ. The most important part, I cannot do all things. I am very limited, but through Christ, I can be content with even little, even very little. So know the source of your strength in and of yourself. You cannot do it. I cannot do it, but through Christ, we can do it. Pride is believing that we don't need God. Whatever the circumstance might be, no, I can handle this one. I can I can handle this on my own. I don't need I don't need God here. And pride is believing that we can do it on our own. But then lastly, contentment, we need to know that contentment brings lasting rewards. As we mentioned earlier, everything that you have is a gift from God. 
and being satisfied with what God has placed in your life. Not just uh, worldly things, but the people that God has placed in your life. Are you satisfied with that? Are you, are you completely um, content in that, that everything you have is a gift from God? Back to that, the passage in Matthew chapter 6 where, where God said, you know, don't worry about these things. I will take care of them. But what does he say in verse 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That as I rely on him, my satisfaction in him brings lasting rewards. Uh, there's a song that says, count your blessings when you're feeling blue. It's a little bit, or it's surprising what a little bit of counting can do. To transform your attitude, to transform your heart. I want to close with this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, you say, if I had a little bit more then I should be satisfied. You make a mistake. If you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied even if it were doubled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is so easy for us to look around and even looking within and desire things that, that are not right for us to complain against you. Lord, forgive me for my complaints. Forgive me for not seeing that it is going directly against you, that, that we could uh, realize that as, as we are tempted to maybe say something or think something we shouldn't, that it is coming directly to you. Lord, I thank you for uh, your word, and I thank you that as difficult as this can be, that we can do all things through you who gives us the strength. Lord, we love you. We thank you for working in our lives. We thank you for making us uh, the followers of you that we ought to be. And thank you for not giving up on us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.